0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox & Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Thanks
2: so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. This hour, we'll be joined by Lieutenant Colonel Alan West and Senator Cynthia uh, Loomis, and we have a lot to discuss. We know the January 6th hearing's are getting underway in, uh, for the House. You look to be pure politics. Uh, Liz Cheney will be on there for Republicans, and Adam Kinzinger, big critics of President Trump. But I wonder if they're going to stand up and ask questions about security. I wonder if they're going to stand up and talk about what Nancy Pelosi said uh, before this and the lack of security from the mayor. I wonder if they're going to talk about the lack of response time when it happened and really analyze the speech. Because all of it, uh, I don't think any of it said go down there and raid the Capitol. They go down there and protest because Trump people had no history of violence, almost none, except for when he was really campaigning to be president and there would be some insurgents there. Maybe the president didn't do things that would de- uh, de-escalate But besides that, the violence was mostly coming from the other side prior to January 6th. Meanwhile, let's get to the Big Three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Sponsored by Fabric, the easiest way to get affordable life insurance. Learn how to protect your family against the unexpected at meetfabric.com slash Brian.
3: Number
4: three.
5: Murder. I don't think there's another city in this country releasing people charged with murder back into the community on electronic monitoring. That should be a headline in this city, and it's not.
2: Unbelievable. Crime running wild. And now retired Senator Barbara Boxer, the latest random victim. You just heard from Chicago's police superintendent. What we can do to take back our city streets. Here's a hint. The exact opposite of
6: what President Biden is doing, which is nothing.
7: Number two.
6: The voluntary phase is over. We can keep doing those things. I'm not saying shut it down. I'm saying voluntary alone doesn't work. It's time for mandates because it's the only way to protect our people.
2: Requiring the shot. More and more federal and state agencies uh, and colleges are demanding their employees get vaccinated and their students. Will this affect your decision? Meanwhile, cases are up 144% over the last two weeks in this country. But deaths are up just seven. 275 nationwide. Are we overreacting to this variant, which spreads easier but is less lethal?
8: Number one. DHS is quietly releasing a statement resuming a Trump-era policy about removing illegal migrant families saying in the statement, quote, certain family units who are not able to be expelled under Title 42 will be placed in expedited removal proceedings. So what does that mean, a beginning of a crackdown?
2: Acknowledging the anarchy. The Biden administration is uh, acknowledging to a degree a border surge, the likes of which we have not seen in our lifetime, and has readopted an expedited removal process to begin to turn back illegal migrant families. As not only to our facilities, they are being overrun. We can't house them. We can't try them. The number of COVID cases among them exploding. This is a total self-inflicted problem. And where is the VP? She's in charge. Another epic fail. So the change in policy, and I tried to get some clarity on this, and I'll share with you what I know. This thing called uh, expedited removal. So you show up, you're the family from Central America, let's say Guatemala, you show up and you say, why are you here? I want a better life. Not good. If You say, I am being chased by gunmen. You get to stay because you have to prove that you uh, your lives in danger, a credible fear of persecution. So I'm pretty sure they can handle it in any language. But At least it's a start. It's a start to attack a problem they did not admit was taking place. So that's why I find it interesting. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick was not high-fiving or clicking his heels. Cut to. Uh,
9: It's much too little too late. Uh, It's still bursting Mm -hmm. over the dam like a flood coming into the United States. I think the reason they did this, Lauren, this goes back to a Trump policy, is they're worried about COVID. And right now, a lot of these people are coming from Guatemala. I think their vaccination rate is about 12%, 14%. Honduras, 7 to 8%. So they have a lot of potential COVID cases coming in. And, of course, that's an issue for them. As you talked about on the top of the show, this has gotten out of hand. He said he would control this. I think that's what it's about.
2: It is. Uh, we'll see if it's going to happen. But right now, the Rio, Rio Grande Valley, the largest migrant shelter, told the Border Patrol, stop bringing people. We have no more room. This is a Humanitarian Respite Center. We get it. In McAllen, Texas, I understand it. Catholic Charities supplies it, we know. But there's no room to keep people. Now, they're testing positive for the COVID-19 virus. Why wouldn't they? The countries they're coming from have vaccination rates in the single digits. They're coming here either to get the shot or running because it's running rampant in their country. Don't tell me to wear a mask after I'm vaccinated and refuse to crack down on the border and refuse to build a build a wall we paid for. Get this. We're paying more taxpayer dollars, two billion not to build the wall to contractors to pay out. What does this all mean? Victor Davis Hanson, a deep thinker from the Hoover Institute, military historian, thinks he knows the big picture here. Cut four.
10: it's almost like as if we're. Providing shuttle service from at an airport or something, and shuttling them at their convenience when they're breaking. The first thing they've done is break our law. The second thing, by entering. The second thing will be residing, breaking our law, and it's beyond the politics of demography and the democratic effort to change the American Southwest demography. I mean, it's so nihilistic. It's so full of anarchy and chaos. it's, It's it's sheer madness. Because as you say, Javier Becerra is telling people. WE'RE GOING TO GO DOOR-TO-DOOR TO TO ENSURE THAT YOU'RE VACCINATED. DR. FAUCI IS SAYING YOU CAN BE VACCINATED BUT YOU HAVE TO HAVE A MASK INDOORS AND WE'RE WELCOMING TWO MILLION ALMOST PEOPLE WHO uh, APPARENTLY WE'RE NOT GOING TO ASK IF THEY'RE VACCINATED OR IF THEY'VE BEEN TESTED. WE DON'T CARE AT ALL. and IT DOESN'T MAKE ANY SENSE.
2: I know. Victor Davis Hanson trying to make sense of it. 671 new COVID-19 cases reported on Monday alone in the Hildago County on South Texas border. Let's just use logic. Where are they going? To a group facility. Who are they going to be around? Other people. And guess what? The Border Patrol, 70 Border Patrol agents have tested positive this week alone. It's Tuesday. 27% of the unaccompanied children have tested positive for it. What is going on? Don't tell me that that there's a logic to handling this pandemic and the variants. There is a logic to having control over your life if you're a Democratic administration, but not having control of the border. Meanwhile, in this new reconciliation package that's going to be jammed down our throats on a simply 50-vote margin, unless it's X'd out by the parliamentarian, they're going to look to naturalize and legalize 8 million illegals. 8 million. Not through negotiation, But through a reconciliation package, there's no way this should be the case because reconciliation should be budget issues alone. That's it. Now you're going to see a problem. Now you're going to see a big problem. Meanwhile, in terms of where this variant's heading, I know the numbers are high uh, in Florida and in Texas and Missouri. And every time you have a case, you take it seriously. But hospitalizations are not nearly as high and deaths are very small. What you do is, if you have five deaths and then ends up with ten deaths, you've had a 50% growth in deaths or 100% growth in death. That's what happens when the number's so slow; it's under 300. I don't want one, but I also don't want anyone to get hit by a car. I don't want anyone in a car accident. I don't want anyone to drink and drive. I don't want anyone to smoke. But I'm just saying there's a danger out there. But is it that more to a dangerous than the regular flu at this point? Here is Dr. Scott Gottlieb on if there light at the end of the tunnel. Cut 14.
6: If you look at the U.K. right now, and we're probably about three weeks, maybe four weeks behind the U.K., perhaps a little less than that. If you look at the U.K., they do in the last seven days appear to be turning a corner. You're starting to see a downward trajectory on the cases. Now, it's unclear whether that's going to be sustained. They just lifted a lot of the mitigation that they had in place. But if the U.K. is any guide, we are perhaps further into this epidemic and hopefully going to turn a corner in the next two or maybe three weeks.
2: Yeah, If you're vaccinated, you should not be wearing a mask. I know in Las Vegas, in Los Angeles, uh, in St. Louis, they're making uh, these cities do that. Uh, to me, if you want to get these people off the sideline who are straddling the line about getting vaccinated, you make them wear a mask, they are out. It's dumb. And I think the administration knows that, leaving it to local jurisdictions. 1-866-408-7669. Senator Cynthia Lomas is... Uh, uh, with Wyoming, uh, she's a senator there. She's on the Commerce and Transportation Committee. I want to talk to her about the economy and what's likely to happen with this infrastructure deal and the other one coming down the pike. Then we'll turn to Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. He wants to be the new, the next governor of Texas. He's got a problem with the Republican governor now. We'll talk to him about that. And of course, you'll end the hour, so get on board. You're listening to the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here.
1: Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmead.
5: Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called
2: blue-collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue-collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort, peace, and freedom. While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now, Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. In his national best selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in, blue-collar trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com slash path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com slash path.
1: A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: This joins us right now. Senator, she's on the Senate Commerce and Transportation Committee. And I want to talk to her about the Olympics, the boycott that could be happening, as well as the infrastructure deal that could be done. But first, the sad news about Senator Enzi, it looks like he was in a bike accident. He was unable to recover from. And the former senator has passed away. Uh, So joining us now to discuss that is the senator who considered Senator Enzi a mentor. Senator, what what happened?
7: Uh, Mike Enzi was in a terrible bicycle accident uh, on Friday night, and uh, it was fatal. He did not recover. Um, Mike Hensley was a servant leader, however, and as you know, when people of faith die, uh, they uh, get to serve God in heaven. Uh, We're told that they serve in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, and if anyone was fit for that role... It was Senator Mike Enzi. He was a beloved, kind member of the United States Senate. I served with him in the Wyoming legislature, both House and Senate, and again here in Congress. So he was a mentor. I kind of followed him around in his career. And uh, beloved in Wyoming, uh, a, a very accomplished, quiet leader. I will miss him terribly.
2: Yeah, so it was nice of you to come on and talk about him. I uh, just didn't really have a chance to enjoy retirement. Uh, Senator, about what uh, what's going on now, just quick note, Olympic great Simone Biles might be the best gymnast ever. Uh, it seems to have backed out uh, of the rest of the team competition portion of the Olympics because she uh, suffered either a mental or physical issue. We're trying to figure out what it is, but a big blow. But you're on to talk about Team USA and a possible boycott in seven months of the winter games in china why
7: Um, the digital yuan which may seem very unrelated to uh, the olympics um, is actually very related to the olympics the chinese communist party intends to use uh, the olympics as a rollout for the digital yuan uh, so people will have the opportunity to take that uh, currency that digital currency Uh, worldwide. The problem is uh, that currency will not be transparent to anyone but the Chinese Communist Party. So they will uh, use information gathered with where it's being spent, how it's being spent, um, all over the world, uh, and they will be in a position to have more control globally. Uh, In addition, in China, people who spend it locally, if they If they spend it for an unapproved use, uh, we'll be subject to punishment by the Chinese Communist Party. So this is a a bit of a dangerous uh, new currency. And we just want to plan ahead and make sure that uh, American participants in the Chinese Winter Olympics uh, are not uh, caught flat-footed by this.
2: So not caught flat-footed, but are you calling for the boycott of the games like Congressman Waltz is and others?
7: No, I'm not. Um, I just want to alert people of the dangers of the digital yuan. want. Um, I personally believe that the Olympic Games are an opportunity for the world to come together, uh, even in times of, of great uh, turmoil and acrimony around the world. So I hope we get to participate in the Games. I just but, want us to but be— the, You know, the problem so is,
2: with- are, we, are we saying genocide's okay by going— Oh, he's saying it's okay uh, to just destroy Hong Kong by going and threaten Taiwan by going. I mean, that's basically whoever gave these games to China didn't care that Muslims are being tortured.
7: Well, we need to be very aware of how sinister the Chinese Communist Party is uh, in going. But I don't think by attending that we are in any way blessing uh, or approving Uh, of the violence and the uh, internal terrorism that the Chinese Communist Party perpetuates.
2: So let's uh, move on, talk about the infrastructure deal. Uh, Monday, we thought we'd have something in writing for Republicans to decide if they would embrace it. It's a bipartisan in its construction and negotiation. Do you believe something's going to get done? What do they tell you?
7: Well, it's in turmoil right now. What I'm told is that President Biden and Chuck Schumer— uh, interjected themselves uh, in a d- uh, destructive way uh, in the bipartisan product. Um, I wish they would have let left it alone and allowed the bipartisan team to continue to work together to craft the legislation. So we're back. Uh, it was a setback for the bipartisan team. Uh, and I'm disappointed, but not surprised.
2: So they blame it on Trump because President Trump said, uh, don't sign it. And Senator Schumer came out and said, Well, it's really President Trump. Don't listen to President Trump. Uh, and they want to listen to President Trump. So he immediately rolled out President Trump. as. You think it's a distraction?
7: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Democrats would blame President Trump uh, for a train accident, uh, for the re uh, emergence of. Uh, COVID in some places, uh, they use President Trump as their whipping boy for literally everything. Uh, To say it's a distraction is an understatement. Uh, These people are obsessed uh, with blaming everything on President Trump, um, problems of their own making, They need to look in the mirror.
2: I don't know anybody, Um, I don't know any Republican that thinks this reconciliation package that's supposed to come after the bipartisan package is going to be good for the country. And I know you wrote on foxnews.com about how you're worried about inflation. But guess what? If you guys do pass bipartisan, it is coming right away. Listen to what Speaker Pelosi said Sunday.
11: Building the human infrastructure is really a part of building the physical infrastructure. So that's why we will have some something further uh, to add the bill is not as green as i would like it to be the infrastructure bill uh, and and i think that it's something we could have passed a long time ago uh, even before the climate crisis was readily known to everyone but nonetheless i hope that it will pass i won't put it on the floor until we have but if you- the rest of the initiative
2: so she will not even put the bipartisan deal if you ever get one to the House unless the reconciliation package of at least $3.5 trillion, more like $5 trillion. Is going to be out there. Isn't that an in-your-face to Republicans?
7: It's an in-your-face to the American people. Because those bills combined uh, are going to create spending not at the $3.5 trillion level. The $5.5 trillion level. Because they have underestimated through uh, gimmicks uh, the amount of money they're trying to spend. This will be a juice to inflation. This will cause more problems in our economy. This will put more people out of work. This will put their paychecks unable to uh, adjust in to this higher inflation for every product they buy. This is cruel, Brian. What the Democrats are doing is putting the American people behind the eight ball and putting big government before the people of this country. This is offensive, and of course I'm going to fight both of them because the outcome of doing both of those bills is absolutely clear. It is going to fan the flames of inflation.
2: Gotcha. Senator uh, Lummis, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, back with Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. who wants to be the next governor of Texas.
0: From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the
8: country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast.
0: Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
9: Philip Cortez was in Texas. He was, you know, in the Capitol or meeting with the Capitol leadership team. They should have, they should have uh, held him then. Now uh, They put out the warrant after he left. Doesn't Why make much do sense to me. That's
12: that's weak. I uh,
9: I, I don't know, Laura, but uh, we've got to be firm on this issue. We cannot have anarchy uh, at the state capitol by Democrats fleeing the Capitol. So uh, they had time to keep him. I don't know exactly when they issued it and when he left, but they had time to keep him right then. And there are probably a few more Democrats in the state they could send DPS after at their home or their house to bring them in. We've got to put an end to this, law. Yeah, It's anarchy. Government has to function.
2: And they're talking about the 50-plus Democrats on Beto O'Rourke's dime uh, on a super PAC or whatever they call it. He has $600,000, sent them to a hotel in D.C. in order not to give the Republicans a quorum to uh, to fix the election laws that were expanded during the pandemic so they have left and now another session is going to wrap up and still no confirmation ratification lieutenant colonel alan west he wants he's a texas gubernatorial candidate he wants to be the next governor of texas colonel uh welcome back are you surprised this is still going on
13: Yes, I am very surprised and it's very troubling and disconcerting as well. You know, if I was sitting in the governor's mansion as soon as those private jets had landed in D.C., I would have declared those seats vacated and would have called for special elections. You've got 67 Democrats. Uh, That's the uh, State House here in Texas. Uh, I believe 57 of them are up in Washington, D.C. Another 10 of them are here in Texas. And uh, we know that where they are, some of them have been out at public events. And so this whole thing about arresting people and uh, arresting them when they come back, obviously we see, once again, this was just empty rhetoric.
2: So he didn't, uh, he didn't arrest them, but he does look like they are screwing this up royally, from traveling yeah. with big smiles on their faces on a private jet, pretending as if they're martyrs, to not getting a meeting with the president, to almost infecting the vice president. She may have. They had to make an emergency session. They had an emergency visit to Walter Reed on Sunday, And now you had two go back without telling anyone, one saying they're negotiating for the other said we know nothing of it. Then he flew back the other way. So he's back in D.C. now. And they are very mad at the president. They're mad at the president for not meeting with them. Did they even think this out, Colonel?
13: No, they didn't think it out. I think that this was, you know, one of those immediate... Uh, political stunts that they felt that in the short term they could get some type of sympathy. But in the long term, everyone sees how insidious this is and really quite petulant. They are trying to hold up the legislative process here. They are undermining our representative democracy here. My own state house representative, Retta Bowers, is up there in D.C., so I don't have any representation at this uh, this current special session that is, that is going on. And they're losing the principled uh, argument on top of that. When you look at Robert Francis O'Rourke going on TV and talking about how this is undermining voting rights, and that's what they're standing for, and he's talking about having a Selma, Alabama-type march here in Texas, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would have never thought that blacks were incapable or incompetent to get a voter ID, a picture ID. Uh, that's what they're talking about. And, and where can you go in the United States of America without having a picture ID? They're also talking about drive
2: through voting. Since when? Get out of the car. Do you want four people in the car influencing the other three? I mean, if you have an infliction, there's something that could be done. They know it. Uh, There's 13 days early voting as well, including weekends and expanded voting. The other thing that they have is uh, unrequested ballot. You can't be sending just ballots to people's houses when, on average, the the average American moves every two years.
13: Yes, that's one of the concerns, the unsolicited mail out ballots, which they tried to do in Harris County to the tune of 2.7 million. We've got that blocked here, but it's the curbside voting, which. Texas election law does permit for curbside voting if you have a a designated uh, handicap that does not allow you to comfortably get out of your car. But what they're talking about, expanding it and just having it in in precincts all over a respective county. And then the other thing is this 24-hour voting that I've never heard of before, which makes me believe they want polling locations to be at Waffle Houses and, uh, and Denny's.
2: Yeah, 24-hour voting is really not done in this country. I don't know if it was ever done there, and it's hard enough to staff. Yep. I was talking to, to the uh, lieutenant governor. It's hard enough to staff anyway with expanded hours, let alone 24 hours. And it yep. also, it's also mandatory for your employee to give you at least a day off to vote. So I, I don't understand what they're standing for, but the way it's mischaracterized by the president purposely like they did in Georgia shows me he'll do anything to get his federal voting law passed, whatever he calls it. So what fault do you give the sitting governor uh, for all this mess?
13: Well, I will tell you that you go back and you look at our regular session, which started at the beginning of this year, the 87th session. You know, when I was the chairman, our Republican Party of Texas had election integrity as our number one uh, priority. Uh, The governor said that it was another his priority also. But the fact is that the Republicans who have control of our House and our Senate here in Texas waited till the last minute in the legislative session to do election integrity legislation. And guess what? They allowed the Democrats to walk out. They allowed the Democrats to walk out at the end of the session. And so that's why we find ourselves in this mess. So it should have been taken care of early on in the 87th legislative session. It's all about leadership, and we would not be in this position that we're in now.
2: So on the border, the numbers are stunning. You're now seeing uh, there were 695 positive COVID tests, 671 new COVID cases reported in Monday's Heldago County on the South Texas border on yesterday. The uh, the Rio Grande, Rio Grande Valley section facility they said don't bring me anymore we are filled up to maxed out and the border patrol had to keep bringing them 70 border patrol agents have tested positive 27 unaccompanied yeah. minors and now they've changed rules they're going back to a trump move that expedited the removal of families who uh, cannot show that they're being persecuted if they go back this is a small step in the right direction how do you view it
13: well it's a it's a very small step, and, you know, we, we should have stayed with those Trump uh, policies, because now we are aiding and abetting the cartels, uh, enabling them to make 25 to $30 million a week with the human trafficking. Texas is the number one state for human and sex trafficking, and now we are aiding and abetting the uh, resurgence of uh, this COVID issue, Delta variant, whatever you want to call it, because we are allowing people to come in. They're not getting tested. They're not getting any type of shots. And as you and I have talked about before, we're not even doing these uh, the, the quick family DNA testing. So we're not sure whose child or who's a mom or who's a dad or whatever. So we're not really comfortable with these quote unquote family units that are coming into the United States of America, not to mention the single adult military age males who are also coming in to the United States of America, coming into Texas. So we have a, a, a constitutional crisis. We have a huge crisis. It's a health care issue. It's a criminality issue. It's a national security issue. So the
2: governor says, I'm going to start housing people for trespassing uh, in jails. Do you support that?
13: No, I don't, because bottom line is that if you're illegally coming to the United States of America, you're already breaking the law. So why are we going to talk about trespassing, which means you're going to put more stress on local law enforcement agencies uh, who already are stressed out. That means that you're going to have to uh, house these people, and that means Texas taxpayers are going to foot the bill for that, for a third-degree misdemeanor, which means, what, three, maybe six months, and then what happens after their three to six months are up. So let's just do what the Constitution says we can do, which is to protect our sovereignty as the state of Texas and protect our borders and secure our borders.
2: So uh, we know you want to run for governor. Uh, You really feel as though you could do a better job than Abbott, but you're not running directly against him. When's the primary?
13: Well, that's the interesting thing, because the redistricting, the primary will, which would normally be the first Tuesday in March next year, will probably shift to May or June because we've got to go through the redistricting. That's another special session that we have to have. And we know that the Democrats are going to try to tie it up with legal cases and lawsuits. So it'll probably be May, June of next year for the primary.
2: So uh, you said that you found out that the governor, Abbott, is doing polling on you.
13: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty interesting. We got a call about that uh, yesterday, got a tip, and uh, I, I'm very appreciative that uh, just we're just three weeks into this and it uh, seems that the Governor Abbott's campaign wants to do polling on me, which that uh, bodes well for us. That gives us uh, pretty, uh, uh, validates our campaign, gives us credibility.
2: No die doubts President Trump has sway in the Republican Party still. Uh, we know that he's tight with uh, Governor Abbott. Have you talked to him?
13: No, I have not talked to President Trump, but I will tell you that there are many conservative grassroots organizations here that uh, made petitions asking President Trump to rescind his, uh, his endorsement of Governor Abbott.
2: So the uh, president did make an endorsement, endorsing Ken Paxton over George P. Bush, while 43 and uh, others in the Bush family like Jeb have been critical. George P. has not uh, to be the attorney general. Even though Ken Paxton is facing trial for securities fraud, is also involved in a a separate FBI investigation of him. Nobody thinks George P. is involved with any legal wrangling. Are you surprised the president endorsed Ken Paxton?
13: Well, uh, you know, President Trump's going to do what President Trump wants to do. uh, But I think it is very surprising to a lot of people that he got involved in the uh, primary races here in Texas uh, this early. So I think that's been something that has shocked a lot of people
2: you a fan of George P. Is he going to do a good job as land commissioner in your view?
13: You know, I'm just a fan of Texas and I just want to make sure that we uh, protect Texas. And, Uh, You know, when I look at the destabilization that is going on, the problems with these Texas Democrats trying to hold up election integrity, legislation being passed, that's where my focus is on.
2: How about this? Forget the Alamo, a book that's out. It's getting a lot of heat because it is, they says it debunks what really happened at the Alamo. Yesterday was the anniversary of Sam Houston's death at the age of 70. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts and why does it matter that what this author wrote?
13: Well, it matters, and, and you're a great author, and you did a great book about uh, Texas history and, and the Alamo. Fantastic. Uh, I think it matters because, once again, you see this council culture. You see this... Uh, this theory that we have to undermine history, but not just revise it, but completely eliminate it. And so what do you have these folks doing? They're going after the heart of Texas, which is the Alamo. And that's very near and dear to, to me, not just because I'm living here as a Texan now, but also because I was born and raised in Georgia, and so many Georgians were involved in the, the fight for Texas, and as well as uh, being a graduate of the University of Tennessee. So it just shows you how far the progressive socialist left will go to undermine 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 our history and undermine the the real spirit of texas
2: all right and uh yeah we'll see because it's a that book is a total lie forget the alamo they they take the revisionist history but if you want to hurt people's pride in our country tell us our history didn't start in 1776 and then if you want to hurt texas which was once its own country tell them the alamo never happened uh and that's just wrong
13: yeah, they try to make uh, Santa Ana into some uh, liberator and freedom fighter, and uh, they, they look at the uh, the folks that defended the Alamo. It calls them cowards and says that they were just insurgents.
2: Lastly, uh, on another note, it looks like women are going to be asked to register for the draft, should we ever have it. Men have been doing it for decades, really since the draft stopped, just to make it easier, should we need it. Are you for this?
6: No, I'm not.
13: Uh, I think that America needs its uh, Spartan warriors, its men, to stand up and make sure that they're protecting and defending this country. Not to say that women aren't serving very well and admirably in our military, but when you're talking about frontline combat, I think that you need to have uh, American men on those front lines.
2: All right. Thanks. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West wants to be the next governor and win the gubernatorial uh, first, the the Republican nomination. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us.
13: Always a pleasure, Brian. You take care.
2: All right. Uh, Colonel Allen West doing the hard work of campaigning, raising money. Uh, 1-866-408-7669. Uh, back with your phone calls to close out the hour. you listen listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show.
1: Getting past all the rhetoric, it's Brian Kilmeade. It's the Hammer
0: Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America is listening to Fox News.
1: The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade.
7: Simone, on the first event of uh, the first uh, Rotation of the team competition tonight. Uh, she bailed out of her MNR vault and she nearly landed on her knees. Uh, looked like she was about to cry as she came off the podium. Lots of hugs, lots of concern. She talked to the trainer. She left the field of play. That again is Simone Biles leaving the field of play, getting looked at. Simone Biles is out for the rest of the night obviously early morning in the United States, out for the rest of the night. She is out of the team competition. The United States will not have the greatest gymnast of all time uh, to uh, be part of this very important team competition.
2: And it looks like she ended up, uh, the team ended up with the silver medal. The Russians, who are not formally in this, end up with the gold. But uh, Simone Biles, they say the greatest ever. I don't watch enough to know. Uh, but she has pulled out, and the Daily Mail is reporting over mental issues, not physical issues. She did talk about the amount of pressure that she was under, uh, and now they're reporting that that pressure might have gotten to her. Uh, she'll be assessed daily to determine medical clearance for future competitions. The gymnast uh, qualified for all five individual events, the all-around floor exercise Beam, vault, and uneven bars, but she had been hoping to add six more gold medals, including one in the team final, to her ready, already impressive tally of Olympic titles. However, the USAG statement indicates that her quest could well be uh, brought to a swift end. So, my hope is if it's mental, and the amount of pressure is unbelievable, just to do this vault in front of people, even though the stadium's now empty, no one in the world's watching, and they consider her the greatest of all time. And she considered herself the greatest of all time. My hope is she can get it together the next two days and compete individually, or else she's just gonna have so many regrets. I'm not saying at twenty four she can't go back again but for her gymnast, uh but competing over twenty four is tough. Eric listening in Orlando, Florida, WDBO. Hey Eric.
14: Hey, Brian. As you know down here in Florida, they hate our governor with a passion. Well, they, who, who who's they? Story, uh the left, the the Democrats, they're already He's a favorite to be like a presidential nominee, and they're already doing what they can to, to, to discredit Ron DeSantis. Um, there's articles all over the Internet that we're about to approach uh, herd immunity through people with antibodies and vaccination. We're about to, by September, we should have herd immunity. That said, I think Governor DeSantis should do like New York and California, and we should stop people coming here from New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania, all the spiking states, and – uh That that said, um, I work for a major uh, pharmaceutical company, and I challenge all your listeners to go into Walgreens or CVS or any immunization spot. Ask for a test for Delta variant. There is no test for Delta variant. They could just tell you if you have COVID or not. So what all this talk about places spiking for Delta variant, I think it's just they're going to have an M and a P Because they want to perpetuate the biggest fraud ever levied against we, the people. Your thoughts on all of this?
2: Well, I think a couple of things. You know, you guys have uh, one fifth of all the cases in the country, but the numbers are still relatively low. The hospitalizations are low. They're higher than they were, but they're low compared to the other waves. And what they say is for unvaccinated, you know, it's going to be the same challenge as COVID 19, maybe a little bit less. It's easier for it to spread, but it's not, the lethality is a lot less. So if you are vaccinated, there is breakthroughs. Nobody wants to talk about it, but fully vaccinated people are still getting this virus. But the follow-up is the symptoms are so mild, you might as well not even have it. So other people have the antibodies already. You have 60% of the country, 18 and ups already been vaccinated. So we're getting really close in the end, and I just think we're getting all caught up in cases. I wouldn't be testing that much. If I have mild symptoms and I give it to somebody with mild symptoms, that's like the flu. And the flu is oftentimes more serious. Hey, go to BrianKillMe.com. Order Sam Houston, The Alamo Avengers. The true story what happened at The Alamo, but more importantly, what happened after. And also, you can order any of my other books. I could sign them and send them out to you. And don't forget, BrianKillMe.com is also where you can get tickets to a show I'm doing with Dana Perino, Life, Liberty, and Laughter. I think you will love it. It's going to be in New Jersey.
0: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox & Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade.
2: Hi, everyone. Brian Kilmeade Show. Thanks so much for listening in. Hope you had a great weekend, but we're back in action now. Varney and company will have me on at 1050. We'll share each other's airwave from the radio to Fox Nation, where you see us, and, of course, Fox Business. Brid Hume is just getting out of the shower. He asked me to buy a little time, so we'll do that. He's the legendary newsman with great perspective. Right now, we're watching the January 6th. The hearings get underway in front of the House. We know that uh, Jim Banks as well as uh, Jim Jordan, were rejected, so the Republicans aren't taking part. But that didn't stop Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger ranting the call from Nancy Pelosi, big critics of the president when it comes to January 6th. And uh, Nancy, excuse me, Liz Cheney has already given her opening statement. Now we're hearing from one of the officers who's getting emotional, talking about how he was overrun that day. So we'll hear about that in just a moment. So let's get to the big three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's
5: Brian's Big Three. Number three. Murder. I don't think there's another city in this country releasing people charged with murder back into the community on electronic monitoring. That Uh, should be a headline in this city, and it's not
2: crime running wild and now retired senator barbara boxer the latest random victim what can we do to take back our city streets here's a hint the exact opposite of what president biden is doing blaming guns gun owners uh let's just go out there and attack crime and empower police you want to try that
6: number two The voluntary phase is over. We can keep doing those things. I'm not saying shut it down. I'm saying voluntary alone doesn't work. It's time for mandates because it's the only way to protect our people.
2: Well, wow, Mayor de Blasio showing that great leadership, requiring the shot. More and more federal and state and city agencies and colleges are demanding their employees and in some cases students get vaccinated. Will this affect your decision? Meanwhile, cases are up 144 percent over the last two weeks in this nation. But deaths are up just seven with 275 total casualties to the virus. Are we overreacting to this variant?
8: Number one. DHS is quietly releasing a statement resuming a Trump era policy about removing illegal migrant families, saying in the statement, quote, certain family units who are not able to be expelled under Title 42 will be placed in expedited removal proceedings. Acknowledging the anarchy, the Biden
2: administration acknowledging a, horde, uh, a huge surge at the border, uh, the likes of which we have not seen in our lifetime in July when it usually Uh, actually trickles in because of the intense heat. But now the president has readopted an expedited removal process to begin to turn back illegal migrant families, as not only to our facilities, but actually to our border. The facilities are being overrun in the Rio Grande Valley sector. This is a total self-inflicted problem, and the vice president in charge of it, well, we're witnessing another epic fail. With me right now is Britt Yoon. Britt, welcome.
15: Thank you, Brian. Nice to talk to you.
2: Hey, Britt, uh, I know Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick was not that optimistic that this new expedited removal is going to make that much of an impact, but it does show an acknowledgement that things are getting overwhelming at the border, doesn't it?
15: It does, and it also shows that the Biden administration is awakening to the— the, to the political impact of this lawlessness on the border which is you know largely gone unchecked. I mean the, the the administration officials, the vice president and others have gotten up and said to these you know to the Central American people that might be thinking of coming here, you know, don't come. Uh however the fact of the matter is that if they do come, they get in. And once they're in, you know, hearing dates are scheduled and then they're and then they're largely released. So it's not working, and or maybe it is working, and uh, they're now, I think, seeing that it's politically dangerous, particularly when there's an urban crime wave going on, and people around the country have a sense that, that lawlessness is being tolerated.
16: That,
2: that's a good point, too, but knows another good point, uh, the COVID-19 cases. These, these, t- these people, for the most part, are coming from single-digit vaccinated countries, if that. And now you got them, a lot of them are positive, carrying the virus and who knows what strain. They got 671 new COVID 19 cases in the Hidalgo County area alone. And then you have uh, 70 border agents testing positive, 27% of the unaccompanied minors testing positive. You know they're in tight areas. Britt, you can't tell me to put a mask on when I'm vaccinated. At the same time, let this chaos reign at the border. Do you see a correlation?
15: Well, I think it's another another example of why the policies don't make any sense. Yep. I mean, to the extent there is a policy, I think it's – the the real policy is these people should – the downtrodden people of the earth, they're coming here looking for a better life. Um, They're the kind of people I think Democrats think that, you know, once they get in the country and eventually are able to vote, will vote Democratic, and for both ideological and political reasons – they want them in and so they say you know for show don't come Um, but when they do come as i pointed out they get in and never mind covid which would seem to be a contradiction of of everything they say they're trying to do on that vaccine
2: so uh, for me personally i got the vaccine but i'm not a doctor so i don't feel comfortable giving out advice am i wrong on that do you view it differently Medical well, I think
15: look we as in the, in a situation like this, we as lay people uh, you know need to be cognizant of the risks and and the possibilities in a situation like this. We can't rely entirely on the medical establishment, which has been all over the place uh, on this, and we need to make our own judgments about it. whether we need need to be making judgments for others is another matter, but I think, look, common sense dictated to you, Brian, that you'd get the vaccine. same for me. Um, I'm, I think the vaccines have been a, have been a good thing. They yep. may not be perfect, but they're a good thing, and it, we would be probably better off if more people took it.
2: Yes, I just uh, I just happen to know some people that had a negative reaction to it, and I just don't feel res- I don't want to feel responsible. Uh, I just don't feel. And when you see people and they see that they have this uh, this swelling of the heart, and they're you know they're uh, college athletes. And you know it's no pre-existing condition, and I'm saying, man, imagine if they heard me say, "Please get the shot." I don't want that responsibility.
1: Well,
15: my view is people should, you know, ask their doctors. Yeah. You know, should you should you get the shot? My doctor said, "By all means, uh, get the shot."
2: But you didn't ask you didn't ask a politician, did you?
15: No, I didn't.
2: So I want you to hear what Chris Christie said. He's been doing work on this. Obviously, I think, you know, he wants to, he's pro-vaccine. But listen to what he said he found out from focus groups.
0: What they don't want is to be indoctrinated. They're willing to be vaccinated. They don't want to be indoctrinated. And so let's be smart about this. And I think that one of the places where our leaders have fallen down is they're not explaining it. They're just saying, get vaccinated. And these these folks do not respond to being ordered to do those things. I had a very smart guy who was uh, who visited with me this week who said, I don't want the government telling me what I have to do. It's a libertarian type of response to this. But what they do respond to, I sat with this guy and I walked him through the facts and then he said, OK, I'm going to get vaccinated. That's what we need to be.
2: Yeah, doing. So- yeah. Have doctor tell it. Right. Makes sense.
0: Exactly. Just ask your doctor.
2: So, so here's the mayor of New York City, one of the worst I've ever seen in my life, and he continues to astound, cut nine.
6: If my kids were going to school in September, I would be running to get them vaccinated right now. We used to do this as parents all the time for a variety of vaccinations. We've got to shape people at this point and say, come on now. We tried voluntary. You know, we could not have been more kind and compassionate as a country. Free testing everywhere you turn, incentives, friendly warm embrace the voluntary phase is over we can keep doing those things i'm not saying shut it down i'm saying voluntary alone doesn't work it's time for mandates because it's the only way to protect our people good luck with that
15: well i think brian we have to recognize that the medical establishment from the beginning of this pandemic forward has been all over the place yep uh, when's the last time you heard anybody say, you know, wash your hands for 20 seconds 10 times a day? When's the last time you heard anyone say you could pick this this up off a hard surface? Um, you know, We all remember Dr. Foucher saying in the beginning that masks don't do very much, and now he's, you know, and then later he converted to be, Uh, a big advocate of masks. Double
6: masks and goggles.
15: Uh, 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 That's right, double masks. Everything but a diving suit. Um, But I think, you know, those examples of of misinformation have left people skeptical and not knowing what to believe. So when the medical establishment comes forward now and says, we have this wonderful vaccine, it's very effective, safe and effective, take it. People who don't like to get shots to begin with, um, um, are hesitant, and then they, they look at these people who are telling them to get the vaccine, and they're skeptical of them. It's understandable. To a great extent, our, our political and medical establishments have brought this skepticism uh, on themselves, and, and we're, we're worse for it.
2: I want you to hear. Uh, we know also January sixth hearings t- taking place in the House. Kevin McCarthy's decision to pull back, uh, uh, say no Republicans get in there. Jim Jordan, Jim Banks rejected, so I'm pulling everybody. So they put Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger on. Here's a little of Liz Cheney's opening re- opening remarks.
11: I have been a conservative Republican since 1984 when I first voted for Ronald Reagan. I've disagreed sharply on policy and politics with almost every Democratic member of this committee. But in the end, we are one nation under God. That is why our framers compelled each of us to swear a solemn oath to preserve and protect the Constitution.
2: So is she making the right decision?
15: Well, no, I think it's unwise for her, and I think it's counterproductive um, because she now goes down as as Kevin McCarthy put it, as a Pelosi Republican, which is how. And that may be unfair, but it is certainly how she's likely to be seen by by a, a huge uh, part of the Republican Party. So I think she's marginalized herself and limited her effectiveness. Uh, look, she no doubt was disturbed by the Capitol riot, and it was a ugly and disturbing incident, no doubt. And the testimony of these police officers today is giving us a sense of how much how ugly much of it was, yep. but but it, but the idea that this was a threatening insurrection that was intended to overthrow the government, I think, is 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 a gross exaggeration. And but it is that idea, and Liz Cheney is not the only Republican who holds that idea, uh, is what's driving her um, and driving and and driving this 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 hearing. And you know, I just don't think it measures up to that. Uh, but it 's politically useful for the Democrats to portray this in that light to the greatest extent they can, and make no mistake about it. This is a partisan hearing that's look partisanship is how Congress is organized uh, it 's how Congress operates, and the way you deal with that in most instances you let you know if you 're creating a committee as was done in this particular case, you know the majority party appoints its members. And the minority party appoints it. Now, the Speaker, in this case Speaker Pelosi, has the power to veto members from the other party and and put people she wants on the committee, which is what she's done. Um, But that's not the way it's normally done. Um, This is a breaking with norms. Uh, We heard so much about that when Trump was president. So that Mm -hmm. is where we are. Um, It'll be a grand show. I've heard some of the testimony already from the first officer who spoke. It was powerful, no doubt about it. It gave a sense of how frightening this was and how dangerous this was for the members of the Capitol Police Force trying to defend the building.
2: So I got some breaking news to share with you. Uh, To the surprise of no one, the CDC will now recommend that some vaccinated people resume wearing masks indoors under certain circumstances, reversing its earlier guidance. So how about that for a nebulous Uh, nuanced recommendation. The CDC will recommend that some vaccinated people (laughs) uh, for some of the time. So here we go again. Just enough to destroy the bar business, the restaurant business, and make people uh, think twice before getting the vaccine.
15: Well, that's the problem, of course, is that uh, yesterday's advice becomes, uh, you know, is reversed and becomes inoperative. And people, you know, look and say, well, wait a minute, The CDC just said one thing, now it's saying another. What's changed is, you know, the the, the disease hasn't changed. I mean, I guess you could say that the mutations, the variants uh, represent a change. But the truth is that this is the kind of thing that leaves people without confidence in our medical establishment.
2: I hear you. Um, Thanks so much, Britt. I appreciate it. We, We went through the breaking news and reflected on the current news. Appreciate it. You bet, buddy. All 408 1-866-408-7669. I'm going to take your calls when we get back. I have two blocks to talk to you, and then we're going to do a simulcast with Varney & Company. We're still watching the January the January 6th hearings. Uh, we know it's not going to be a, a great review of President Trump. I'm just wondering if we're going to get a real review of the lack of security that day. Don't move.
1: A radio show of the people for the people. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox
0: News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: America's listening to Fox News. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
8: We now have a committee that all of America wants to know the answers to. Why were we ill-prepared for that day, and how can we make sure that it will never happen again? But unfortunately, Speaker Pelosi will only pick on people onto the committee that will ask the questions she wants asked. That becomes a failed committee and a failed report, a sham that no one can
16: believe.
2: Well, that is Kevin McCarthy explaining why he is uh, not assigning people to the committee that's going on right now, the January 6th committee. If you want to get to the bottom of this, it would have been a 9-11 commission, retired officials, generals, uh, Republicans, Democrats, 50-50. It didn't happen. Don't know why. If you want to do that, do it. But there's no question. You delay it, you delay it, delay it till it really affect an election. Remember, I don't think anyone even remembers the second impeachment hearing, and it was all one-sided. And now they're kind of doing that again because Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, they are outraged by that day. I mean, everyone is outraged by what happened that day. The president never should have had the rally. He never should have said march down. But I don't think that he ever wanted them to breach the perimeter of the building. Part of this discussion has to be about the security and what happened. You know, how did you not know this was going to happen? And then you have to look at the big picture. Remember, the security almost was breached in the White House they had to put the president into the basement and secure him because security was not would not suffice. And then they brought the National Guard in, and then you had the mayor refuse to let the National Guard stay overnight in hotels. So they had to stay in open areas. So then we know the big difference was then they abused the National Guard by leaving him in the Capitol forever. Playing politics with law enforcement, that should be part of this, but it will not be. And we'll see what happens. CNN is going to get some programming tonight and Don Lemon will tear up and then uh, nothing actually will get accomplished. But there's no doubt about it. It was horrific what took place on January 6th. And I do not minimize it. Nobody does. And if you talk to people there, they, uh, they all know it was serious. You saw the video. But I also would like to know why some Capitol police opened up the door and let people in. So why was that the case? If they, Were they overwhelmed? Maybe. Other times they look like they were were for it. Or, like some people said, they walked in as if to say, I'm going to go in and walk around the Capitol for the first time. They did not have evil notions and intentions. Others came in, obviously had different ideas, and we've seen some of that video. How they're being treated is another thing. I mean, are you destroying these guys' lives while letting murderers out with ankle bracelets in other cities across the country? You see crime running rampant. Is this the only criminal action that people in Washington care about? Stuff that affects them directly? Well, there's a whole bunch of people in New York, Minneapolis, Baltimore, uh, San Francisco, uh, San Diego. I wonder why all the money's going to private security and why all law enforcement's being defunded. I think it's part of this entire picture, but we'll never get maturity out of this. Uh, listen, when we come back, I'll be able to take some of your calls and go to your emails at com.
0: Get this and all your favorite Fox News podcasts ad free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. Just go to FoxNewsPodcasts.com for all the details.
1: Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
8: If we can just get everybody vaccinated, that's not vaccinated, that's refusing to get vaccinated, that's living uh, vaccine free and impacting the rest of us. It's like drunk drivers. You don't have the right to go out
2: and drink and drive and put everybody else at risk, including your own life at risk. What are you even talking about? Uh, it's a variant. And if you get the variant and you have the antibodies, it's not going to be any different from when you get the vaccine. I challenge any doctor to tell me anything different than that. That was Gavin Newsom, California. He thinks he knows everything. We know he knows nothing and he certainly can't govern. Number two, if you do that, that is your own policy. I, you know, If people are going to get vaccinated, it would work to our betterment. But I'm not going to tell you that you're going to get that vaccine and if your heart swells, you get uh, myocarditis, which is swelling of the heart, or you get uh, some type of uh, some type of uh, a negative reaction. If you're down for two or three days, I know people that got this vaccine and then it's like they got the virus and they never had the virus before. Others who gotten the vaccine, excuse me, have gotten the virus before. They get the vaccine, it's like they got it again. So I'm not going to be part of that. And you have not convinced me that the the medical system, the people that are doing the grand planning for our bounce back on this pandemic have a clue either. And in case you don't know, 20 minutes ago, the CDC gave out a preliminary report that they're recommending in some circumstances that even vaccinated people wear masks inside. Here we go again. Let's destroy every bar business that are out there. Now you're going to force everyone underground or better yet to their houses because whether they've been vaccinated or not, they're making their own decisions to live their life without you uh george listen on wokv in jacksonville hey george
6: hey
4: brian um my uh comments were concerning the uh january 6th going on right now and exactly and uh could you imagine if the republicans took over the house and senate and trump was in office and he overturned roe v wade could you imagine they would burn down the capitol they would of course, well, I don't know. Maybe they're very passive. I don't know. but but uh, no, if you but read
2: the Time Magazine story, George, I encourage everyone to read it. They talked about the play-by-play, and uh, Mark Levin told me about it, went over it in great detail on his show. The play-by-play of what they were planning to do had Trump won. And they were really concerned because Trump actually did better than anyone thought with 75 million votes. And for a while, it looked like he was going to take Ohio—he was- took Ohio—he was going to take Michigan— and uh, no one really thought he was going to lose Arizona in the end, but he did. And when things were going bad, they were planning to have protests up and down these major cities. There's no question. And when it looked like Biden had enough to win, they quickly collapsed all of it.
4: Could you imagine if Trump had a won? I mean, they would. <laughs> it's just amazing how we have this passion for losing our country, as we all, most of us feel, and yet we we absolutely get to a boiling point and something just boils over. And all of a sudden we're anarchists versus those who are, are trying to literally destroy our country. Right. You know, when they do it, it's all, it's all good. It's, it's for the betterment of the country.
2: I mean, everything you said is true, George. But January 6th, the speech, the rally, uh, the fact that it his whole rally, when you saw a million people show up to show support for him, And then it ended up being violent, and the worst thing that ever happened to his political career. He gets off Twitter now. He's off all social media now. They were looking for an opportunity to do that. They used January 6th to do it. Then they impeach him a second time, and now they have these hearings again. So clearly the worst political decision he could have made, having said that, the Democrats never even accepted he won in 2016. The first time they accepted it was a few weeks before when they said, remember, Donald Trump wasn't expected to win the first time, and he did. And I thought to myself— Wow, you're admitting he won? You're admitting he won? Yeah, uh, we admit he won. And then he got more votes this time than any sitting president. So despite all that, he remains the number one most popular Republican in the country. Uh, Thanks, I appreciate it. Back to the virus for a second. Uh, This came to me uh, via email from Anthony. Anthony says, we know who's at risk for having some serious consequences from uh, this covid 2. Age 65 and older comorbidities. I'm not 65. I don't have any comorbidities. I've always had a strong immune system. I can count on one hand how many times I've been sick. We know that vax, immune, vaxed and unvaxed individuals can contract and spread the disease equally. Dems uh, put Dems on a plane. Prove the most recently. Remember the one, the Texas ones. So the only people who are at risk are those who are unvaxxed, and that is obviously a risk they are willing to take. And he goes on. Get it. Uh, this is from Susan. Uh, How come no one, why is it that no one, no folks about the death rate of the people being killed in the inner cities due to crimes versus how many people are now being killed with the Delta coronavirus? That's a great point. I mean, we had 73 over the weekend uh, shootings. We had double figures in Chicago alone. We know what's happening in Philadelphia and Baltimore and San Francisco, San Diego and Los Angeles and New York City. We're watching that and there's no acknowledgement of this. Not really sure why. Here's about the illegals. This is from K. Wade. 10 million illegals have been flown or bust into swing states, given ID cards, voter registration cards, put up uh, bankrupted commercial property stolen by Democrats, then electronic millions of ballots harvested by Democrats. Republican legislators do not enforce their own voter fraud laws. Now, K. Wade, I have no proof of that. They are trying to legalize 8 million uh, illegals. Then they're going to try to do it on simple reconciliation, saying it's an emergency costing us money. I hope the parliamentarian steps in because it will just get you another $8 million in about a month, so we don't want any of that. All these things are something you cannot prove yet, but it is a fear among a lot of Republicans. Rob says this. On the vaccines, why is no one else saying what we what you are that the rise of covid nineteen is a direct result of letting people into the country who don 't know if they have covid nineteen or not, and if they defund the police, crime is going to go up. If you let people enter the country who may have covid nineteen uh, and refuse the vaccine then they 're dispersed throughout the country. It only makes sense they don 't want to talk about that that 's the problem. Nobody wants to talk about the downside of all this, especially at the border, especially in the big picture when you look at the fact that they're coming from countries that have single-digit vaccine vaccine results. So they come here and, get this, some are actually refusing the vaccine. Victor Davis Hansen sees a link between the way he's handling the border and the way the president's handling uh, everything else in this country, cut four.
10: It's almost like as if we're providing shuttle service from the, at an airport or something and shuttling them at their convenience when they're breaking The first thing they've done is break our law, the second thing, by entering, the second thing will be residing, breaking our law, and I, it's beyond the politics of demography and the democratic effort to change the American Southwest demography. I mean, it's so nihilistic, it's so full of anarchy and chaos, it's it's, it's sheer madness. Because as you say, Javier Becerra is telling people, we're going to go door to door to ensure that you're vaccinated. Dr. Fauci is saying you can be vaccinated, but you have to have a mask indoors, and we're welcoming t- two million almost people who will. Apparently, we're not going to ask if they're vaccinated or if they've been tested. We don't care at all. And it doesn't make any sense.
2: And we're not idiots.
10: We're done with
2: this inconsistency. And it is such a problem. I was on a train yesterday. I guess technically we're supposed to be wearing masks. I don't wear a mask. I'm not doing it. Not wearing a subway, not wearing a mask. I got vaccinated. I'm not doing it. Okay, my immune system's great. I'm not worried about it. I I was told it was going to come from services. That was flat out wrong. Remember that? Don't touch anything. Wear gloves. Told I can get it through my eyes, wear goggles. Now, the question is, in case you're just tuning in, it looks like they're recommending we're going to wear masks indoors even for the vaccinated. Doesn't mean your city's going to do it. It means it's recommended by the CDC, the most political organization proven already to be at the beck and call of the teachers unions. Uh, this is from Jeffrey. Jeffrey says, I've listened to all the talk about unvaccinated. I've recovered from COVID-19. I've had positive antibodies to test for the, uh, for the I have had the positive test for the antibodies. This is the one thing that is long lasting and is circulating in the bloodstream. The other is the frontline attacker from the lymphatic system. It is the uh, one that comes later that gives the latest immunity. So Jeffrey knows what he's talking about, has the immunity. Don't make him get the shot. Do you understand? It's not one size fits all. I thought uh, Jason Riley of The New York Times had a great point uh, on Fox News Sunday when it comes to masks.
8: Listen. According to Dr. Walensky at the CDC, something like 97 percent of people being hospitalized for COVID are unvaccinated people. Uh, That sounds like a vaccination problem to me, not a masking problem. I I understand that some people are hesitant to get the the vaccine. Uh, A lot of Democrats spent time uh, undermining uh, the rollout of the vaccine during the Trump administration, so here we are. But I still don't know why the rest of us need to mask up uh, until these other folks decide whether or not to get the vaccine.
2: Yeah, enough. Uh, And by the way, I thought Scott Gottlieb brought up a good point. The U.K. seems to be a few weeks ahead of us, maybe three. Uh, They have basically turned the corner on this latest variant. We'll have other variants, but I'm not walking around with a mask because of it. If we have vaccinations and if we do have a breakthrough uh, infection, it's going to be mild symptoms. Welcome to my life. I mean, how many times do you walk, you have the flu, you're down for a day, that's it. Or you have a cold, you deal with it, you have allergies, you walk through it. We know that the survival rate is in the high 90s enough. Here's Eric Schmidt. He was on primetime last night in Missouri. They're telling him to mask up in St. Louis indoors, outdoors, vaccinated, unvaccinated. Listen to what he said as Missouri Attorney General cut 12.
8: People are tired of being lied to by the elites in the ruling class on this issue. We were told that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. Well, in St. Louis, now you got to wear a mask. We know that kids aren't at real risk here, yet now kids have to wear a mask all day long, even though we know the the emotional and psychological toll that can play. We were told the Republicans were to blame for skepticism, even though Vice President Harris said that she wouldn't get the vaccine because it was under, you know, President Trump's leadership. You have a mayor that's talking about defunding the police and a local prosecutor who won't show up to court and putting people's lives in danger.
2: Yeah, good point. When we come back, I go on with Stuart Varney to talk about uh, things related to this, including the breaking news on January 6th. Listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't move. I'll end with some phone calls
0: new from the fox news podcasts network
12: my name is kennedy and welcome to my podcast which will i humbly say single-handedly save the world you're welcome
0: it's kennedy saves the world subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: now the brian kilmeade show joins fox Business's varney and company with stewart varney live on your radio and on fox business here's brian kilmeade
2: well, uh, we're going to be talking to Stuart Varney about our moments. We're also monitoring events and testimony on Capitol Hill about the January 6th riots. We're hearing some uh, four classy officers go through the traumatic situation we witnessed and what they witnessed from their point of view. Important. But I just also hope that how they talk about how they were undermanned, understaffed, and how they should have known about this ahead of time. Let's go and ch- talk to Stuart.
17: Brian Kilmeade, who joins us right now. Look at that. Exactly. 1051. I'm sure you saw this, Brian. The CDC will issue new mask guidelines later on today. They're going to recommend that vaccinated people wear masks in some situations. This morning, Susan and I have been calling that a step backwards. What do you say? Uh, Two steps backwards. Number
2: one, consider the CDC, again, vague commands like a like a Anthony Fauci interview, uh, in and around meandering, never right to the point. They never have a statement. They recommend in certain situations. What are those situations? And by the way, if those situations existed, they uh, they existed last week. Was it five days of political pressure that gives you that? Are we going to get emails? Uh, that are going to be revealed months later, like we got about the teachers union that manipulated the CDC, many of which we still haven't gotten yet, even though Congress has requested them. So, again, if we're vaccinated, we're protected. We're not hospitalized if we are at 97 percent of success rate. If it has a breakthrough infection, the symptoms going to be so mild, it's going to be not even a doesn't even amount to a mild cold. Is that how you now I supposed to walk around my life, timid, huddling in a corner? You told me to get vaccinated. I wouldn't have to do this. Now, think about this, Stuart. Uh, The vaccination is going to stop at a dime because a lot of people are doing it just in order to get their lifestyle back. Think about this. You're a bar, and you depend on a bar crowd, which means back to if you got to be sitting in order not to wear a mask. Because if you stand, obviously, that's the only time you get the virus. Goodbye, bar crowd. Remember that? So those bartenders you just hired, we're going to have to only only need Uh. one of them now to service the restaurant. Do you see the ripple effect of this idiocy? I do.
17: I DO, I DO, AND I THINK IT'S A REAL, IT'S NOT A DISASTER, BUT AS YOU SAID, IT'S A COUPLE OF STEPS BACKWARD, AND THAT'S A FACT. I WANT YOU TO DEAL WITH THIS ONE AS WELL, BRIAN. THE JUSTICE DEPARTMENT HAS DROPPED ITS PROBE INTO NEW YORK'S NURSING HOME COVID DEATHS. GOVERNOR CUOMO APPLAUDED IT, SAYING IT WAS JUST TOXIC POLITICS THAT GOT IN THE WAY. ROLL THAT TAPE, PLEASE.
10: IT WAS TOXIC POLITICS. It violated the basic concept of justice in this nation. And it did a lot of harm and a lot of damage. To say to people who lost a loved one in a nursing home, it could have been prevented. It was a mistake by government bureaucrats. That's why your loved one died. How
17: cruel. Those are his words. How cruel. Take this on for me, Brian. What do you say?
2: Number one, we already know his chief of staff said they suppressed the numbers in a Democratic call she never thought would get out. We suppressed the numbers because he has an election going up and she apologized for it. Are we going to say her chief of staff was acting on his own as confidant for decades? Number two, to take an early bow like he did because a friendly Department of Justice decided to end a probe into a small number of nursing homes, not the 600, that are really under scrutiny? Number three, he's not out of the woods. He's got an attorney general who he tried to marginalize through surrogates over the weekend. That's trying to marginalize and say it's a political witch hunt for them to be investigating 10 separate women who accused him of sexual harassment, let alone his friends and family problem, like for what he gave his uh, brother, Chris Cuomo, special special attention when it comes to the COVID-19 tests, which none of us could get at that point. But if you were a donor or related to him, you got it. So there's an ethics problem there, let alone his book, where he reportedly used his staff to write it while cashing in a five million dollar advance. In the middle of a second wave of the virus, he's taken a bow on his leadership. No wonder nine people bought the book. Five million. Imagine how much that publisher lost and now you can't even sell it on a discount at a discount bookstore or give it away. It doesn't even make a good doorstop.
17: Well, you've got it off your chest about the mask mandate returning. You've got it off your chest about Governor Cuomo. I've got 30 seconds left. You got anything else up your sleeve? Well, I
2: just think it's uh, Simone Biles. Is, it's pretty amazing. The best yeah. gymnast in the world maybe ever. It looks as though, according to the Daily Mail, it might have been uh, mental is the reason why she bowed out of the team competition. I hope for her sake that yep. she's able to get it together and compete individually because it's about the athletes, and I want to see her go back out there. I don't want to have regrets in a re- uh, ridiculously successful career. So I find that uh, is the one storyline I thought you would bring up, as well as the women barely advance in the in the uh, out of the group stage at yeah, the Olympics. Soccer. They tied Australia zero yeah. zero. What an yeah. embarrassment!
17: It's nil nil. I think when you're talking soccer, soccer, and it's not a tie; it's a draw. I am in you're America i am in america <laughs> that is true and so am i all right hey brian you're all right thanks for joining us we'll right. see you good thanks, thanks, thanks man.
2: uh and you're in virginia wchv hey ann hey ann you're on
3: and i see now that the va is requiring yes. their frontline workers to get vaccinated. Now, I don't really care about having to wear a mask. I've done it with my job forever. We've had to do it for years. So, to me, the whole issue about wearing a mask—that's not that big of an issue. To Unless you feel like nothing else. Right. Well, being uh, well, yes, and the children. But being unvaccinated as an adult wearing a mask—if I can—I'd feel guilty if I made if, if I got sick and someone else did that I work with. But my thing is. What do I do as an American who may be forced between losing my employment, who knows losing any other kind of income I have because I refuse to get shot? Now, also at this point, too, another thing that really bothers me is they are still allowing illegal immigrants in without even being tested. Absolutely, but they are going to they are going to take away my employment. Yep. To me, I I mean, what, what what do we do at this point? Private American. business,
2: I don't know what you can do. If you're in you know, Bill's Lumber or a major corporation, Walmart, uh, Kmart, Walmart, I don't know what option you have. Uh, but when it comes to working for the government, for them to mandate that, I do think there's a lot of unions that will go to bat for you, and there's got to be an option. I think there has to be an option of unvaccinated wearing a certain mask because I don't think you can force someone to get, undergo a medical issue. I've never seen that before.
8: Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.
1: From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade.
2: Thanks so much for being here, everyone. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. We're watching the January 6th hearing, seeing some bravest officers talk about that horrific day. Uh, it was uh, regretful all around. We'll discover that and discuss that. And uh, Dana Perino is going to be with us shortly. We're kind of excited. we got this uh, stage show. This will be the second time we're on stage, first time in Jacksonville. Uh, Brian and Dana will be September 25th, Paramount Theater in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Uh, great station in Atlantic City. Well, New York City, WABC, and WRCN listeners in particular, if you're in Pennsylvania, uh, come on down. It'll be great. We call it laughter, life, and the joy of liberty. You get insights about her years of the Bush campaign as well as coverage, the emergence of the five, as well as her incredible job uh, she's done on election night, uh, the surprise of 2016, and then the surprise of 2020 and everything that's happened since. And then you get her reflections of uh, of her uh, great advice that she's given to so many people. It's like everything's going to be okay is named for a best-selling book. And then I have five history books. I'm able to give you an idea why 1776 matters much more than 1619, including my newest one, the President of the Freedom Fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their quest to save America's soul. So let's get to the big three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
7: Number three.
5: Murder. I don't think there's another city in this country releasing people charged with murder back into the community on electronic monitoring that should be a headline in this city and it's not
2: yeah there you go uh crime running wild and now retired uh senator barbara boxer the latest random victim what we can do to take back our cities here's a hint everything that joe biden is doing do the opposite which is nothing
6: number two The voluntary phase is over. We can keep doing those things. I'm not saying shut it down. I'm saying voluntary alone doesn't work. It's time for mandates because it's the only way to protect our people.
2: Right. Start giving people shots they don't want. What kind of country is this requiring the shot? More and more federal and state agencies and colleges are demanding the employees get vaccinated. And what will affect affect your decision? Meanwhile, cases are up 144% over the last two weeks. But deaths are only up 7 WITH 275 TOTAL CASUALTIES IN A NATION THIS BIG, ARE WE OVERREACTING TO THIS VARIANT?
11: NUMBER
8: ONE. DHS is QUIETLY RELEASING A STATEMENT RESUMING A TRUMP-ERA POLICY ABOUT REMOVING ILLEGAL MIGRANT FAMILIES SAYING IN THE STATEMENT, QUOTE, CERTAIN FAMILY UNITS WHO ARE NOT ABLE TO BE EXPELLED UNDER TITLE 42 WILL BE PLACED IN EXPEDITED REMOVAL PROCEEDINGS. Here we go. Acknowledging
2: the anarchy. The Biden administration is acknowledging the border surge, the likes of which we have not seen in our lifetime in July, and has readopted an expedited removal process to begin to turn back illegal immigrant families as not only to our facilities, but they're being overrun. The number of covid cases are exploding. This is a total self-inflicted problem. And the VP in charge. Well, it's another epic fail for Kamala Harris. No other way to phrase it. No other way to describe it. We are watching what's happening January 6th. We see Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, is yet to speak. But we see Benny Thompson uh, running through the process and hearing some brave officers. I mean, Republicans find themselves on the other side, not openly, but... You know, police being attacked by Republicans just doesn't happen. The defund the police defame the police. That was pushed by Democrats. This is uh, the land, the the world turns on its head. That's why a lot of people voted for impeachment and a lot of people were so upset on January 6th. But the president, Trump, remarkable resilience. He has gotten the, by far the number one most powerful Republican in the land, still, despite being impeached twice. And he is a kingmaker, despite being impeached twice. And as much as he's responsible for the actual event on January 6th, I don't think there's a cell in his body that wanted to see the results happen of them storming the building and hurting people and uh, getting uh, impeached again, as well as being banned off all social media. There's no way he anticipated that, in my view. But back to the border. Here's how Griff Jenkins described what is now happening at the border because we expect to go over 200,000 apprehensions and estimated 300,000 since President Biden took over. OF GOTAWAYS. LISTEN.
8: NO NOTICE OR BIG FANFARE ABOUT IT. NO EXPLANATION EITHER. DHS is QUIETLY RELEASING A STATEMENT RESUMING A TRUMP-ERA POLICY ABOUT REMOVING ILLEGAL MIGRANT FAMILIES SAYING IN THE STATEMENT QUOTE CERTAIN FAMILY UNITS WHO ARE NOT ABLE TO BE EXPELLED UNDER TITLE 42 WILL BE PLACED IN EXPEDITED REMOVAL PROCEEDINGS. THE BIDEN HARRIS ADMINISTRATION IS WORKING TO BUILD A SAFE ORDERLY AND HUMANE IMMIGRATION SYSTEM. THAT'S THE
2: REPORT. But I imagine in any language, if you want to show that you're being persecuted, then you get to stay and you get a ticket to come back. Eighty percent don't. You get a ticket to stay and come back. So if you go in and say, I just want a better life, you're out. That's what we're saying. But if you come in and say, yeah, if I go back, I'm going to be killed. okay, you get to stay. So I'm pretty sure people are going to be able to figure out how to beat that system. But it shows an acknowledgment that you can't tell people to wear a mask, even if you're vaccinated indoors. You can't tell people I'm going to come and knock on your door and I'm going to make you get the shot or convince you to get the shot. At the same time, leave the border open from and let people come in from countries with single-digit vaccination results and come in here and say that you care about our, uh, our uh, welfare. Uh, meanwhile, the other big story going on today is it looks like ma- uh, masks are going to be back. The CDC is going to urge masks for some vaccinated people in certain situations. That's the kind of vague thing you see Anthony Fauci go through in one of his vague interviews where he meanders around different policies that may or may not be the case. With me right now is Dana Brino. How do I know? I recognize her uh, from television. Hello. And now you're on radio. Hello. So they took you off the last half hour watching well, a yep. lot of this uh, testimony.
12: Yep, we took we took that live for the did you get a chance statements.
2: to talk about the va- the masks?
12: No, we did not.
2: So what is your take on this? In certain situations, wear a mask even if you're vaccinated.
12: So apparently at three o'clock today they will make some sort of announcement. It could be as limited as suggestions of if you're vaccinated wear a mask. If you're going to be in crowded places. If you live with somebody. Who has um, a, is immunocompromised, like that is a vulnerable person. So it could be that narrow, or it could be more widespread. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, it does show that, like for example, we've been waiting for the FAA on whether they're going to rescind the mask mandate on aircraft, and I think that's not going to happen.
2: Well, you know, uh, it's interesting that um, uh, Congress, uh, Congressman. I'm trying to think of the congressman that told me this. They they say the air in airplanes recycles every three minutes. Yes.
12: There's not been a there's not been a case. I don't I don't b I think this is true. I don't think there's been any cases of transmission on planes since the beginning.
2: So give up on that. So this is gonna be devastating to bars because you just hired your bar staff, you want to get that bar crowd in. A lot of times, especially on weekends in, in Manhattan, which mm-hmm. many people call home. And they're saying, "Okay, life's getting back now. If you're not seated, well, you again, wear a mask. if it's
12: again, if it's just that, if you are, you know, if it's that very limited scope that I mentioned, that um, it's only for people if you live in a household that has somebody that's immunocompromised, that probably won't have as big an impact. But in terms of like specifics, but I think you have you have a good point, right? Does it spook people, or do they just decide, you know what? I guess I'll just rather stay home tonight. Which way not- most
2: spread happens? Yeah, because people go back. Um, so,
12: but remember, Brian, this is also just politically because I have to think things through. If you're from White House Communications, on the fourth of July, uh, President Biden had that big event at the White House thanking health responders, uh, What were they called? The
2: first responders,
12: frontline health responders. Yeah. I mean, he had a big event for them, and one of the things he said, basically in that speech on Independence Day, was that he was declaring our independence from the pandemic. And I think that they realized that, one, they didn't meet their goal of 70 percent vaccinated by July 1st, which maybe would have helped stop some of this spread. But also, you know, when you're having to walk something like that back and you're already looking at the we, we reported on that poll yesterday that 64 percent of the country two months ago was, pes- was optimistic about the future of the country. And they lost 10 points in two months mm-hmm. on that. I mean, that's a severe drop. And this is not going to help them. It won't help them at all.
2: What about the fact that the CDC and not many people who are who have been following this closely can get out of their heads the fact that emails have been un- uncovered and we' not all of them there that show they're totally uh, we're totally taking their orders from the from the teachers unit when it came to schools cutting pasting email and and uh, on recommendations for people who have no medical knowledge?
12: Well this would be the next thing, Brian so the question will be so for um, some schools and universities are going to re- require vaccinations for in-person classes. Um, some school districts now um, will be asked to put children in masks, and that will be not popular with the parents. Um, and you're, you, I, I don't know if you see that New York Post piece today about how many parents are deciding to try homeschooling no, after I didn't. going through the pandemics. Very interesting. Um, and homeschooling is not easy. I mean, that is a, a very difficult Commitment, but it has been worth it for a lot of people that have undertaken that, and apparently it's growing as a practice all across the country.
2: Right, because you, you have some control—the mm-hmm. uh, control that you don't. And it's, have. that's
12: just not just about masks; that's about um, critical race theory and all the rest.
2: Right. So we're watching that in January sixth. So we see some compelling, uh, some compelling testimony by the officers on that day, no doubt about it. I want you to hear what Liz Cheney—a little of what Liz Cheney's opening remarks were. She's one of two Republicans on the panel she's questioning now. But here is a little of her opening remarks.
11: I have been a conservative Republican since 1984 when I first voted for Ronald Reagan. I've disagreed sharply on policy and politics with almost every Democratic member of this committee. But in the end, we are one nation under God. That is why our framers compelled each of us to swear a solemn oath to preserve and protect the Constitution. I haven't heard from Madam
2: Kinzinger, but that was roughly her remarks. What do you take about their? What do you take from their presence on this panel?
12: Well, I understand that there are some members of Congress on the Republican side that are asking Kevin McCarthy to punish in some way uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, and I think from the two of them, they probably look at that and say, "Go ahead," because at this point um, they are not going to take a walk down from the principled stand that they say that they've taken, um, and I. I think this this committee would have been stronger had there been uh, more of a bipartisan nature to it. I think that there are questions that still remain to be answered about it. But there are 14 different investigations that are happening all at the same time on this issue. It's going to be very difficult to get to one conclusion on it. Um, And the thing about Adam and Liz is that they do vote with Republicans. I think Adam Kinzinger voted with Trump 99 percent of the time. But on this issue, on January 6th for them, they decided that was just a bridge too far for them. And mm-hmm. you saw today that the Republicans had had a press conference, Elise Stefanik, saying that Nancy Pelosi has a lot to answer for. Because why did she hold back security for the Capitol Hill police? And that's right. a question worth answering. Uh, does this committee get to that? I don't know.
2: Does Liz Cheney ask those questions? Maybe. That will, let's see. That would be one way. Uh, listen, when we come back, Dana Perino and I have a, something very exciting to, to announce together one 866 At the bottom of the hour, can you believe this? The French warned us about the Wuhan lab as early as 2015. That's during the Daily Caller. That writer joins us live. Don't move.
1: Getting past all the rhetoric. It's Brian Kilmeade. Br- from the Fox News Podcasts
0: Network. Download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him. You love him. You want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to
1: foxnewspodcasts.com. Breaking news. Unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: Remember uh, six months ago, it was all about uh, the cops of the problem. And the cops just took a step back and said, take my badge and I'm going to retire, or I quit, and now every single one of these major cities is depleted, it's like breaking up with a girl and say, see how life is that like without me, and then watching her life spiral down.
14: That's never happened to you.
12: And also, you're (laughs) supposed to ask permission before you use an analogy.
16: (laughs) Yes. Do you assume that when they break up with you, their life gets worse? Yes, that's what I assume. I'm just saying. Every guy thinks that
12: way. Right. (laughs) And it's not true. It's not true. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, this is the problem. A little bit later, it got worse for me on The Five last night because Dana would later say that an analogy used later in the show is better than one I just displayed. <laughs> Dana Perino. Here. Dana, uh, in retrospect, do you regret saying my analogy was second best?
12: No. I mean, it, was just, it was just facts. It was just facts. <laughs> on the, I mean, we we take our analogies very seriously. Right.
2: And I do have to ask permission?
12: Yes, always. So, that, so do I, though. I mean, everyone has to ask permission. Wow.
2: Well, but do you understand what I was trying to say?
12: Yes, I do. And
2: was I right? <laughs>
12: I can't remember. What did you say? It's like what when I, uh, you break up with a girl and then you watch her life spiral out of control, and you feel bad for her. But so we are comparing that the to? The cops
2: we were told the cops are the problem, so they stood back. We broke up with them, and oh. then they watch every city spiral. I still have to explain this to you. The no, next I day. no, I got it. No,
12: I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I mean, I wasn't for defunding the police. I want more police. Right. Do you know what's so maddening to me is this whole thing of like they they act like they didn't want to defund the police. We warned them, they defund the police, and now. These cities, and including um, Biden himself, are asking the federal taxpayer to fill in the gaps for these cities with COVID relief funds or federal agents from the FBI to go to Baltimore to work on Baltimore's violent crime issue. That's not a federal issue. That should not be a federal taxpayer expense.
2: Permission use an analogy.
12: (laughs) That would be like.
2: It's like being an allowance. So every day, your parents give you allowance every day, and you say, "Well, how am I going to afford those shoes?" I gave you an allowance; you could pay for it anywhere you want. This is what Joe Biden did. He gave everyone pandemic money. He says it's an emergency; we got to use it right away. People have no problem; they got to get back to work. They need rent relief. Okay, fine. They get the one point nine trillion. There's so much left. He said, "Yeah, go use it for police." Right. Oh, really? Now you say use it for police? The emergency fund that we needed right away had to pass on a party
12: line vote. Well, they also from the White House tried to say that it was Republicans, who. Called for defunding the police. Yeah. Remember which, that little? Did sh- that resonate with anybody? No. In fact, it got it got three Pinocchios, which I could not for the life of me understand why it wasn't got four. It four yeah. <laughs> or ten.
2: So Dana, uh, we had a chance to do something on stage in Jacksonville because you asked me and I would love to do it. And I actually am lucky enough to have a house in Ponte Vedra Beach. So I was able to go there and then go and do an event with you on stage. We only actually saw each other at the event. Yeah. We, we did not see each other before or after, which I think yeah, is you something. Hey, didn't
12: invite v- me to your house, which is kind of rude. W-
2: which is weird, really weird. I don't know why <laughs> I did that in retrospect. Um, so you and I are going to be doing something September 25th at the Paramount Theater in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Uh, we have named it, and I don't know if you approved of it through your people, Laughter, Life, and the Joy of Liberty. With your rich background in and out of politics, as well as your work on Fox, as well as your election coverage and your books. I don't even know why I'm there.
12: Are you kidding me? I'm looking at your books here, and I love the display. You, these, you are bringing history to so many people. And I think it's amazing how, when you can look, I, any, anywhere I look, people are reading your books. And it's maybe some of the people haven't read. You know, since co- high school or college, um, some, some big nonfiction, and I think that your contribution is incredible. Not to mention all that you do on Fox and Friends and here on Fox News Radio.
2: Wow, that was almost too nice. We're not used to that type of nice. I don't know, uh, yeah. Erica. It's like when, when I you know, do something with felt, yeah. it's all just
12: insults, and <laughs> now know. it's just going to be like flattery. Right. But I'm looking forward to it. We had so much fun. We took questions from the audience. Yeah. We love meeting you all, and so we really hope that you come. Plus, Asbury Park is a great spot. That's a great place on earth. Have you, you've not been, right? No, I
2: have not been there.
12: It's a good, good location. You know that area well. Yeah, I do know that area well. You're going to come to my neck of the woods, so I hope that people come and see us.
2: Right. So a couple of things. I think what happened is when I started doing the history books, I did, and I thought, well, if people like news, I hope they like history. I had no idea we'd be in a war on history. We are really in a war on history. So history become news. Take down that statue. It's 1619. Really? No, it's 1776. It's critical race. No, America's not good. We just had a legendary sports reporter say that the American flag made me uncomfortable at the Tokyo Olympics. So those are the types of things I want to dive into.
12: Not only that, but what about your book um, about the Alamo?
2: Forget the Alamo is the book that's out now where they rip my book in that book.
12: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but the thing is, remember the Texas Democrats who just fled? Yes. And who was it that said? I think it was Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick who said, the, the te- Texans don't fly, uh, run from a fight. Remember the Alamo.
2: Absolutely. And uh, he actually volunteered to come in, and we'll talk about that Sam Houston, the Alamo Avengers, what happened after. Sam Houston? Yeah, well, Sam, <laughs> by the way, yes. <laughs> Sam Houston, the anniversary of his death was yesterday. Oh. He died at 70 years old.
12: R.I.P. Yeah,
2: uh, That's true. I mean, we can't feel sad. We can be glad we had him.
12: And that you wrote about him. Right. So, so date September
2: 25th, Briankilmead.com or ticketmaster.com.
0: The Fox Nation presents Podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak.
3: I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts.
1: A fast as three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade
2: if you go back to when this research
6: really started and look at the scientific rationale for it, it was a peer-reviewed proposal that was peer-reviewed
2: and given a very high rating for the importance of why it should be done to be able to go and do a survey of what was going on among the bat population
6: because everyone in the world was trying to figure out what the
14: original source of the original SARS-CoV-1 was, it was almost as if you didn't pursue that research, you would be negligent right, because-, because we
2: were trying to find out how you can prevent this from happening again. Um, that was unbelievable, what we are just hearing. He's trying to rationalize, dealing with the Wuhan lab, that more and more people are pointing to, and the more the Chinese get defensive, the more you know we're onto something. But that is Anthony Fauci on Sunday talking about the Wuhan lab, he'd go on to say he sat and ruled out working with them again. Are you kidding me? I mean, the audacity, I don't care how many big words he uses, the fact that he doesn't feel culpable for any of this and wants to push back on us civilians who last took science in eighth grade uh, is astounding to me. But I love stories that start shedding more light on this, and one of which is in the Daily Caller yesterday, Eleanor Barto is with us now. She's now moved over to the Federalist, believe it or not. But she wrote this story that, that actually caught Pete's eye that I saw. And Pete called her up and she's kind enough to do it now. Eleanor, welcome uh, to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi, Brian. So when did you discover, and the headline tells it all, France warned the U.S. as far back as 2015 about the Wuhan lab it helped build. And they got kicked out. The French did get kicked out in 2017. What did the French see that alarmed them?
18: Well it was back in 2004 that the French and the Chinese agreed to collaborate uh, to study infectious diseases uh, because SARS had originated in likely in the in China and China was badly affected by it in particular. So the French president and Chinese president said let's collaborate. We'll study these viruses and the French uh, b- basically gave the Chinese the design to a the Wuhan Institute of Virology um, and helped train the technicians there, helped give them all kinds of technology. Um, There was concern before this plan went ahead among French officials in in defense and security that perhaps we shouldn't share this information uh, with the Chinese. Uh, But the politicians uh, won out and uh, proceeded to to build this lab. It took over 11 years and it was back in 2015 that apparently French intelligence services warned our U.S. State Department that the Chinese weren't collaborating as much as planned. Um, and they continued to warn about it um, in 2017. Um, that was the same year that the French had proudly announced that they were opening this this lab. They were uh, celebrating it. In fact, um, the French Prime Minister and other top officials uh, had a big accreditation ceremony to say that you know this lab's ready for business. Um, talked about what a great collaborative effort it would be, and um, also uh, mentioned that the the French would give a million euros uh, over five years, and that would be enough for about 50 researchers, French researchers, to go and help train the, the Chinese. Um, but in around around that time, um, the French were reportedly just pretty much kicked out. Um, they uh, they didn't really do all the training as expected and then, um, you know, uh, the State Department was aware of this in, in some way and sent out a cable that was unclassified so that it would be shared more widely. Um, back in January 2018, you know, this, this was reported by the Washington Post. Um, but basically, just saying there's not enough- graph of our, there's not enough technicians um, who are trained to operate this lab properly, and the Chinese some of them are even asking for help. Um, I even saw an an email before that in in twenty sixteen uh, a professor at the Wuhan Institute of Virology sent an email um, to the National Institute of Allergies and infectious diseases, which Fauci runs, um, just to somebody there saying, you know, can you give us some advice on disinfectants uh, for this lab? Uh, we don't know which ones to use for for surfaces or for you know disinfecting the air.
13: Um,
18: so you know, took a long time to get this lab up and running, um, and yet you know we we were sending money that, that when the U.S. was sending money to this lab through more than just the NIH. I mean, the the NIH funding is something that gets reported a lot, but We're also sending it with um, USAID and even, um, reportedly, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, which is part of the Department of Defense. So, you know, I I spoke at length to to different people who have talked to uh, intelligence officials, both on the French side and the U.S. side. And, you know, there were were some warning signs, but since a lot of this was, you know, classified and intelligence um, communities communicating with each other, it's not... It's not well known exactly what was communicated, but, uh, you know, there were concerns from the very beginning. And um, one of the uh, pharmaceutical manufacturers who who helped with this project, um, one of the top guys in France, Alan Alan Moreau, he he left the commission that was the bilateral commission to set this up back in 2015. It's not exactly clear, like, why, but, you know, he was very involved in this. and he, he just left the project. Uh, so some warning signs there uh, all along. And Do, do
2: you understand? Do you, did you get clear on what the U.S. response was specifically?
18: Well, the State Department cable that would have warned in January 2018 and then again in April 2018, um, it, it does appear that that was, you know, widely shared. I actually – I haven't been able to find out, like, who – who really received that, that was one of the redacted portions of some of these emails that have come out um, more recently. So um, it's not clear exactly who knew and who should have done something about this, um, how widely shared it was, um, you know, as part of the state department that de- deals with non-proliferation. And so they, they should have been aware of it.
2: And you, and you just wonder, I mean, cause you did hear stories trying to put this together of, President Obama's administration, someone there, said, we're not comfortable with this and kind of backed out. And somehow we lost our way during the Trump years and we started giving money again. Did you find evidence of this?
18: Yeah, as as Fauci was saying in that clip, you know, there's an argument that we need to study these diseases, where they come from. And ideally, we would be able to collaborate um, with the Chinese on this. But, you know, other people have concerns that they're they're not interested in the kind of collaboration we want and um, so we you know have a history of taking other countries technology Um, and then the State Department again right at the very end of the the Trump administration they released a a statement just saying you know this lab um, it may have been cooperating with the Chinese military on classified projects in fact you know that statement said the U.S. government does believe this. And that was a statement that, you know, it was run by a lot of different in- people in the intel community. It, it doesn't mean everyone believes that, and it's, it's very classified information, so it's difficult for the media to, to have, um, you know, any proof of that. But China does um, tend to have less of a division between its military and civilian institutes, unlike here.
2: It's pretty, also pretty clear that they were in charge, the military was in charge of the cleanup after— Uh, after whatever happened, happened.
18: Yes, it was.
2: So I want you to hear what Josh Rogan said about how we seem to be parsing words when it comes to chain and function and what took place there. And just get your opinion. What's
16: underlying this question is the fact that we don't know what the NIH was doing in all of these Wuhan labs. And a lot of people, including Rand Paul, quite rightly want to know what was Anthony Fauci's awareness of all of that? And what did he think he was funding? And is that exactly what he ended up funding? And those efforts, as published by the Wuhan Institute of Virology, took back coronaviruses and modified them in a way that made them more infectious to humans. Now, for any common sense, definition, and when when a, a normal person hears that, they think, oh, well, they gained function, so how can that not be gain of function? And what Fauci did was he pointed to a specific definition that was written into the rules uh, that says, well, it, it's very, it has to be transmissible and virulent, and you have to know that it uh, was going to turn out that way, and that has to have been your intention. In other words, the, the official definition sets a bar so high that nothing qualifies, and that's why nothing got reviewed.
2: See... And with, first, Eleanor, what is your opinion of what he said, and did you run across that?
18: Uh, yeah, this is a complex uh, debate because it does really fall on what the definition of gain of function is. And yes, the federal government has its specific definition, and that's when, if if it is highly transmissible or deadly, a, a virus um, any research on that virus does need to get reviewed by a, a panel. So I have heard several scientists say that this definition is is too narrow. And where I think it gets complicated is, you know, if you're studying a virus and manipulating it any way, it, it is possible that you're changing it in some way that it could become more transmissible or deadly. You don't know. You're not trying to make it that. Uh, that's not your goal. You're the goal is specifically to see how does it mutate, and then maybe we can come up with a, a vaccine or an antiviral. Um, so, yeah, Fauci is going to stick with his own, the federal definition, and so it's possible. I, I think that there should be you know, more of a debate over this definition. Um, I know that members of Congress are trying to find out more about this panel uh, that reviews whether the U.S. should fund this kind of research, which we call gain-of-function, but that's just it really kind of complicates things. It's just, you know, what kind of r- risky research should the U.S. do? You know, the people that are reviewing it, we only know one member of this panel. Um, there's an argument for keeping the panel members secret because that way they're more independent and everything. Some people think we should know who the members of the panel are. <laughs> um, this panel is actually only approved two um, g- gain-of-function projects in the time that it's been, you know, in around since 2017. And that you would think that might imply maybe they're not reviewing a lot, uh, but we don't really know because we they don't, the NIH doesn't release you know information on the projects that weren't given the funding, and so it's just a big murky area, and um you know members of Congress are trying to find out more and and i I've, I've been told that the NIH is really not cooperating um very much on, on that on on their request for information. Uh, You know, just not answering questions. And the same is true of EcoHealth Alliance, which is um, the group that got the NIH funding to do research at the lab. They're just not answering questions from the House committee who's investigating this. And, you know, the problem is if the Democrats are not as interested in finding out, you know, they have subpoena power. Um, You know, the House committee, if it's just the Republicans and the minority, they can. They can send letters yeah. and have briefings, but they don't have the same power. So
2: that's it. And you know, if
18: the public wants to know right. more about this research, yeah, you know, it's it's some secret panel with this really long, complicated definition of this research. But
2: we're finding a lot it's about time science. We yeah.
18: given what's happened.
2: We'll find out a lot about the science and the situation and the way funding is granted, and it's it's sickening. And the way it's done, it's it's not to gain. You you can't be you can't buck the system if you expect to get a grant, and you can't do experiments and move forward uh, with research without grants. So you're you're never going to buck an Anthony Fauci when he's got an eighty billion dollar budget. How are you going to get financing? So the fact that they're in these yeah, countries, it right. turns out to be our enemy. It you know it doesn't matter. But then then they're circumventing national policy. And he sits there and does every interview under the planet. Let me ask you, Eleanor, if you had a network and you had Josh Rogan, who wrote a book and knows all these things about China and the Wuhan lab in particular, and you're interviewing Anthony Fauci, why would you at least not roll a soundbite of Josh Rogan and make him answer what I just let you hear?
18: I agree. I think that it would be great the next time. Uh, Fauci is in, in front of a committee uh, or some other journalists um, for them to ask some, some more questions. Does does this definition of gain-of-function, should that be redefined? How many research projects were reviewed by the panel that didn't get approved, and how what exactly is the input into whether some a project even goes to that panel for review? Is there any right. disagreement at the NIH about whether this, this definition needs to be widened, have technological exactly. development, development, we need to redefine this, this research and, and reduce it, or can they make the case that they can show us, the public, it's worth doing this research. We've, you know This is what we've learned from it.
2: Eleanor Bartow, thanks so much. Federalist is lucky to have you. Great job with The Daily Caller. Thanks so much, Brian. You got it. Uh, back in a moment to find out if you need to know more.
1: Questioning everything. everything. It's Brian Kilmeade. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Just a quick thing on clarification. Today at 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock Eastern, CDC is going to reverse its indoor mask policy, saying fully vaccinated people should wear them indoors COVID hotspots. Unbelievable. What's a COVID hotspot? Maybe because certain states and cities aren't hot. Some are. Uh, But this just gives people freedom to reign over us again. Sickening. Look out. It's going to be a dead stop now. Dead stop for people getting vaccinated who are on the fence. I feel like I was duped through this whole thing. And uh, watch President Biden's ratings go down for his uh, pandemic, handling in this pandemic. Meanwhile, let's find out if there's more now.
1: More to know sponsored by Oxford Gold Group call today to learn how you can protect your retirement and savings account 833600 gold that's 833600 GOLD
2: All right Russia beats the US to take gold as Simone Biles out of the Olympic gymnastic competition it is not clear if this is physical or med or a medical issue, here's the quote from USA Gymnastics. Simone Biles has withdrawn from the team final competition due to a medical issue. She will be assessed daily to determine whether she can continue in the singles competition. Kind of sad. Next. Pittsburgh Steelers among the NFL's least vaccinated Uh, players to wear bracelets during practice so they know the difference. The Steelers are the only NFL team implementing the new ruling. The Tampa Bay Bucks announced they will be using a similar system leading up to the start of the season, marking unvaccinated players. The commissioner of the league announced unvaccinated players league-wide will be fined $14,650 for COVID guideline infractions. And if you, of course, have too many infractions and have to forfeit, you'll lose that game. Next, listen to this. Bill Roden, longtime veteran writer, New York Times, now ESPN, on what his rev- res- uh, recollections were when watching the opening ceremonies.
5: Cup I ten love ten. the opening ceremonies Marshall Cun- Then I just realized, you know, man, particularly after these last four years, I had it wrong. Nationalism is not good. Yes. We've seen the rise of white nationalism. Nationalism is not good. And also, this whole idea, I, I keep thinking back on the... Uh, capital riots, mm-hmm. and I saw a lot of um, you know U.S. flags. Right. So now, when I see the flag and the flag raises as a matter, what, 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 America am I living in? You know, are the ones that don't think you know we should be here?
2: What is he nuts? Bill Roden should know better. It's patriotism. Nationalism can mean anything. You're proud of your country. If you're not proud of your country, you don't have to represent your country. You see red, white, and blue, and you think something negative. That's on you. Don't put that on the rest of the country. Could not be be more dispo- disappointed in that revelation. I don't think anyone at CBS even said anything to me either.
0: The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox & Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.